0: Congratulations, you made it to the exfil. You can relax, unpack your bags, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, Mike aka MTB Trigger here and with me as always is my co-host Ronald aka Eric. If you are brand new, welcome. This is an Escape from Tarkov podcast where we talk about all things EFT and our goal is to get better at the game and we hope you come along with us on that journey. So yeah, today we've heard there's a wipe. We had a huge interview last week with Veritas. Thanks again for coming on the show, man. And this week, we're talking about what we're doing leading up to the wipe. We still don't know exactly what day it's going to be, but we know it's coming soon. And we're going to be talking about what we're doing once the wipe hits. What are our strategies as first wipe players? So excited to jump into that. But before we do that, let's get our hideout keeping out of the way. So first, as always, the absolute best way you can help us, the best way to help the show is to share the podcast with a friend. Let somebody know who's not listening to it, thinking about playing Tarkov, or just looking to get a little bit of an edge or get better at the game. Let them know about the podcast. Other things that you can do for us, if you are still listening on an app that you haven't rated us on, drop us a rating, drop us a comment. Uh, We have the YouTube version up now. Get a lot of love over there. Thank you to those of you that are commenting over there, liking those posts, watching the whole podcast or just putting it up on another monitor and listening over there, helps us tremendously. So again, if you're listening to the episode multiple times, throw one up on another monitor and just listen to it. Super helpful. And thank you so much for doing that. Other news, we're beyond 150 reviews on iTunes now. We have 152. So thank you so much for that. Uh, But outside of that, if you're looking for me, I play Tarkov a couple times a week on stream on Twitch. And I'm also on Twitter and Instagram as well, at MTB Trigger. So if you're looking for me, that's the best way to find me. And Ronald, how you doing, man? Let these folks know where to find you and what's going on, man.
1: Hey, how's it going, everybody? I've had a pretty good week. If you're looking to get a hold of me, you can get a hold of me on the Twitters, at Gaming, And of course, you can always get a hold of Mike and I at the best place, which is Discord. We're at the top of the list under the host section. Send us a DM. Love to hear from you. And we enjoy talking with everybody in the Xfield community. If you have something outside of a DM that you'd like to get to us, you can always email the show at xpmedia2020 at gmail.com. Once again this week, we'd like to tell everyone about the website, xpmedianow.com. We've got some blog entries up there from one of our very own in the community, Kev, aka the One Heart, has got some blog entries up about some new games that are out there, and so I encourage everyone to go check that out and share it with some friends. It's some really good stuff. Besides that, it's been a pretty, uh, pretty good week in Tarkov. I'd have to say that I'm kind of really looking forward to the wipe. Looking forward to talking about the wipe tonight, and I've had some, uh, had some interesting challenges. Just saying, okay. I'm going to use all this stuff that I usually can't afford. So it's been kind of fun from that perspective.
0: Nice. Yeah, it's funny. I sort of didn't think that I would get, I don't want to say bored. I didn't want to say that I would lose purpose even with a wipe coming, but I'm feeling the same sort of lack of purpose. I think that's the best way to say it, that I felt like at the end of a Diablo three season or something where I could keep going. I could farm more greater rifts and get more gear, but I'm going to get to start over. And I'm so focused on that and so excited for that, that I've kind of lost purpose. And when I lose purpose in Tarkov, I find myself grinding in factory for like four hours straight. (laughs) So I've learned that at the end of a wipe, especially once it's been announced that a lot of people like to go into factory with very, very thick gear and they like to do it in teams. And so I've been finding a lot of teams with ultra thick chatted out gear and uh, it's, it's been a good time this week in factory, but that's where I found myself just because of that lack of purpose. You know, but there is the other
1: side of people getting ultra thick gear, going into factory, and maybe not knowing totally what they're doing in a team. You know, would you say that, uh, you know, MTB Trigger maybe has killed a Brad or two this week?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Brad is my new favorite term, by the way. We were (laughs) laughing about this the other day because I was talking to Eric. I was like, hey, have you heard this term? (laughs) And he's like, What's the term? And I'm like, a Brad. And then I explain it and he's like, that's me. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. But if you haven't heard it, like it's it's kind of a jab at the Chad and the person that runs with the Chad, which would be Brad. And Brad is usually distinguishable because he's sort of out of place, doesn't quite know the right place to be, doesn't hold the right corners, can be found out in the open. But Brad Is a thick boy. Brad's got the gear. He's got the face shield. He's got the gun. He's got the armor. He's got the raid backpack. He's ready to suck up every piece of loot that his buddy Chad has for him or was willing to donate to the cause. So I think we've all ran into Brad. And I think more importantly, what I was laughing about when I told Eric about the Brad term was I was thinking about myself early on when, you know, Dadcaster and Tisdale. These guys are running me through raids and quite literally telling me what to loot, what to pick up. Oh, there's a guy over there. Go loot him. Oh, here's all this gear to bring in the raid. Like I was a total Brad. I'm just following the chads around and taking whatever they're willing to give me. I didn't know. It it was just kind of a funny flashback moment for me, but we were laughing about uh, being Brad's at one point. And uh, yes, to your point, there are a lot of Brad's in factory right now. I'm not going to lie. And they're just a little scared, so you can usually find them in a corner somewhere.
1: Yeah, I for sure was a Brad for a lot longer than you were, but I do appreciate the uh, you know the the concession of saying, "Well, you're not Brad." Well, I kind of I'm, I'm like halfway Brad. I'm like a bruh, you know, when it comes to this whole thing.
0: That fits so well, <laughs>
1: you know. But it's great though, right? Because I think one of the great things that's happening right now in Tarkov is that people have lost the purpose like driven to just hoard rubles, hoard gear, get tasks done, you know, focus on game progression. Oh, that's out the window right now. Let's just go to the flea market, buy a bunch of expensive stuff and, you know, try all this interesting things, right? Before it's all kind of goes away and you have to grind to get it all back. And it's it's really it's a lot of fun.
0: (laughs) It is a lot of fun, but I've also talked to a number of people that have done exactly what you said. They went and spent a boatload of currency on a bunch of gear. And they did it too quick. (laughs) Right? So, presumably, by the time you hear this, which today is May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, I ate way too much Mexican food tonight and I'm feeling it. I'm sorry. It's just happening. It's present in my mind. But by the end of this week, so May 9th, whatever, we still may have two, three, four weeks. We just don't know. Everyone thinks it's coming within a month. So, it could be as soon as next week. It could be a month from now. We don't really know. But you still have to pay attention to your currency. Because if you were going in with 200,000 ruble kits, and now you're going in with 1 million ruble kits, the flea market is crazy right now. Most barter items are way, way, way down. So if you got really good at farming graphics cards, you're making less than a third of what you were three weeks ago. So there's all kinds of stuff happening. And it's just kind of funny. Like I think everybody did that as soon as the wipe conversation happened. But I think now everyone's kind of like, oh, maybe it was a little too hasty for me to go spend everything and buy in the full Chad loadout. So interesting.
1: Yeah. You know, what I actually found is that I'm playing a whole lot better. It's really weird when you play, uh, you know, playing scared is not really what I mean. But when you play with uh, a hesitation. Because you're thinking, okay, I need to grind, whatever. I don't want to lose this stuff. It's not gear fear. It's more about the amount of time I have to put in to replace something. And so I'm playing a whole lot better, which I think is really kind of fun for me. Because I kind of went through this transition period in this wipe conversation for about three or four days where I kind of was thinking, what's the point of keeping playing Tarkov right now? I still like the game, but kind of if I don't have a purpose, why am I playing it? And what I'm realizing now is that I'm just having a lot of fun using this gear, playing quite a bit more aggressively. And sure, I'm dying, but I'm also living a whole lot more. And uh, we actually had a factory raid where I was the Brad in the situation to start with. And uh, you died and we were on stream. And it it was a lot of fun because it was a situation where, honestly, in the past, I would have died right away.
0: I actually want to take a total tangent right here and talk about this because you said the word hesitation and we're talking about the kind of progression of gameplay, right? And I think that word hesitation is the one that resonates for me because decision making in Tarkov is so much more challenging than all of the other games in the FPS world that I've played because it's not just, oh, I think this guy's going to wrap around to the right. So I can either push into him. Wrap right, flank, whatever. There's healing aspects and the debuffs and all of those things. But it's that hesitation that is so hard to get over because it's things like, oh, should I stop looting right now? And if you hesitate, you die. Oh, should I throw this grenade right now? Oops, hesitated and I hit the wall because I turned, right? There's all these hesitation factors. And so what you were just talking about was that time where we're in factory, we spawn behind the forklifts and we go up the rafters on that side and then we run across the rafters to the outside of the breezeway. I hear a guy, he's on the inside. And at this point, I decide to make the jump from the rafters to the second story, which is actually a really challenging jump if you're not super familiar with it. So when I said that, in my mind, Eric's gonna stand in the breezeway or hold the breezeway while I flush this person up into to him, which is where I heard this person, where they ended up being. So we go in, I kill a scav that's right on the staircase, and then I go up the stairs and I shoot the guy that's in the breezeway. And in my mind, I see him looking out the hole in the breezeway, And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's got Eric in his sight. So I spray him down because he kind of scares me. And then I turn around and Eric is right there. And I freaked out. I almost killed him. I think I shot him a few times in the leg. And it's this progression of gameplay that I wanted to talk about because we play enough with each other that, I know how he plays. It's a more methodical, well thought out, strategic gameplay style, which forces me to think more strategically and slow down a little bit. Whereas I'm the guy that's going to run and jump off of the rafters onto the second story and push up and flush this guy out. So when I turned around and he's right behind me, I was like, this is really cool. After I Literally, I physically jumped on stream. There's a clip of it. I jumped like my my mouse, my whole body, because I freaked out because I recognized the gear. But, but I was like, you shouldn't be here right now. But the but the whole point is that it's so cool in that moment because after it happened, we're laughing about it. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to push down this hall. And I literally got jump scared again because this guy peeked me and killed me. But then Eric takes this guy out. Like it it was awesome. And it was a moment for me of being like, that was very different. And I actually experienced the change that you just talked about in your gameplay live there because it actually shocked me in the game and people watched it happen. And I was literally shocked. It jump scared me that you were that close to me.
1: Yeah, I would not have followed you in that way before. But it is fun. Like in the pre-wipe, I got nothing to lose. And so it was, sure, let's do this. It was kind of just, let's charge in, see what happens. I made the jump right behind you and we we ran up the steps. You turned around shot me in the leg and I healed while you killed a couple guys in the hallway. And then from there, I ended up pushing back down into the tunnels and killing two more PMCs. And on my way to the exfil, ended up having to reload and couldn't reload fast enough and got killed by a scav. It's just, just the worst feeling in the world. And it's stupid. It's my fault because I had my reload key bound the wrong way. And that's all fixed now too. But the point being that it is a, a time in the wipe where you can try playing totally different. And I'm playing like a Chad. And I've been playing resort like a Chad. I've been playing factory like a Chad. I've been playing customs like a Chad. And I am having a great time doing that. It's not very profitable. And I've probably spent, I don't know, 10 million rubles in the past week. On guns and the best ammo and, you know, really good kits and things like that. And I don't die all the time. I'm probably living half the time, probably, you know, five or six out of 10, making it to the Xville and getting better. But I can tell you one thing, I'm learning a lot of the cheeky little places to sneak around in these high PVP areas. I'm learning a lot of the sound and a lot of the different, if I stand here and I listen to this, I can hear this and see that. And if you pay attention to some of the streamers for Tarkov, which I know a lot of people do, you can hear people like Veritas talk about how he goes in this one place in Resort and you can hear him coming from this direction or that direction. You can hear Swag talk about Resort. You can hear, you know, whoever talk about these different places and specifically break down what they're listening for. Part of this wipe experience for me is don't care how much I lose, don't care how much it costs, I'm getting that knowledge going into the next wipe. And it has really been a lot of fun.
0: Is there like a spot that you're finding that you actually enjoy now that you thought you would never like or that you've learned now and you actually, yeah, like you rushed there because you're like, oh, I know this area.
1: Yeah, there's two places, actually. The spot that I thought I would never like was dorms on customs. And now I really enjoy dorms on customs. Uh, And I enjoy it because it's hard, actually. I enjoy it because there's a lot of ways to make noise that throw off the person who's hunting you. You can, you can make a noise, you can you can walk, you can jump or something. You can make noise, but you can't quite tell what's going on. I'm also learning to use grenades as distractions. It's totally different. It's much more aggressive than I've ever played. So throwing a grenade down a stairwell so it goes off on the floor right below me, and when it goes off, I run two rooms down and I'm repositioned. So when they were listening for me in, you know, one spot, I'm in a different spot. They come up, I kill them, right? Dorms is great for that. You can do a lot of that kind of thing. So dorms has been a lot of fun to kind of learn. The other area that I would say has been is is factory. I've done a lot of factory. I've just avoided the office. I just haven't. The office is what it is. You know, the office, you you can hold the doors. The office is a bullets game. If you don't run out of ammo, you, you can hold yourself pretty good in the office. But I think it's probably at least for me it was more beneficial to get better at PVP, to play the tunnel game, play the sound game on the main floor of the factory and let the PMCs try to come find me and and play around in in that area and that has been that's been a blast. I kind of I understand now why you like factory so much. It's fast, it's quick, it's very satisfying. It doesn't, it's not a 10 minute setup for something. It's a 30 second setup. And in the first two minutes, you can really, you're either going to be successful or you're not, right? And then you start playing the game of cat and mouse and factory. And I am enjoying engaging in that. And post wipe, I'm going to play totally differently. It's going to be a good time. And so I would say those are the two areas. Nice.
0: Yeah, it's just funny to me because Factory is just that one that people are like, oh, I'm not sure it's so hard or I had such a bad experience. And I did too. And now it's my favorite map for the exact reasons you brought up is it's quick action. You can do PvP how you want. There's times where I sneak around like I will slow walk up the stairs and then slow walk on the rafters and just listen. But there's so many variables on Factory and it's knowing the spawns and clearing them out. Okay, that means I control this whole half of the map. What do I want to do? Well, I'm not sure if that guy spawned over there, so I can't really do this. Like it's still a chess match on a much smaller scale. But again, I think everybody can find a way to play factory and again, we'll talk about it later in the show in more detail on what our strategies are post wipe. But factory I think is it's a really popular one right now because you see so many people that are level 10 to 20 coming in with full you know, Gen 4 setups and AS valves, which are extremely expensive on the flea market right now. So people are trying to learn Factory, which actually makes it fun too, because it's not, you know, there's a lot of Brads, okay? There's just a lot of Brads on Factory and there's a lot of Chads too. But it's, it's nice for learning because frankly, you're going to run into everything and it's a great map for experience. So I'm like wanting to go talk about my strategy, but we're not going to do that yet. The only other thing for me though, that happened this week is I've been working on the Kappa task slowly. I have eight to go. I got another one done today, which was kill a PMC while blind from a flashbang. And I got the second kill today while doing that. But this Woods task, killing three PMCs on Woods in the same raid is driving me insane. And I've gotten to the point where I'm using an Archangel Mosin with a Reaper scope, and I still can't do it. I've gotten two kills seven different times, and then I die. Woods right now is another map that I think people are forcing themselves to learn and everyone's going in with reapers or there's a lot more reapers than you would normally expect because it's pretty rare that you see someone that isn't looking at you or trying to find an angle on you on woods right now. So it's mad. It's making this task so hard. And again, I haven't had challenges with some of the ones that people really struggle with, like the guide. I got the guide done on my first shot, solo, basically. You know, the guys where you have to survive every raid and you can't be a run through. You actually have to earn some experience. And I did that solo on every map except for customs. I had people come in and help me on customs, which was the very last one, but I got it done on my first try. But this Woods one is like, oh, I've gone through so many Mosins, so much ammo, so much gear. And then when I die like two or three times, I just go back into factory and farm it for a few hours to get my confidence and my gear back up. So kind of an interesting week as far as it goes, because I have gotten some other tasks done down to seven or eight now. And I I don't know if I'm going to get the kappa before the wipe. I'm going to grind hard for it when it comes time to wipe, but I'm not sure if I'm going to get it. We'll see.
1: Yeah, I understand that the grinding for tasks. I've kind of this week decided that my tasks kind of are where they are. You know, I've made it To the point where i probably have about less than 20 left and so i've just kind of thought well this is a good point made it too soon where you've really got to have friends to help get through some of these kind of really obscure things i'm nearly not going to worry about that right now because it's not i won't have enough time to get all the way to the kappa so i'm not i wouldn't say i've given up on tasks it's just not my focus at this point now it's been interesting uh this past week of course uh game time was a little bit reduced because uh We had a great show last week with Veritas, which was two hours long, which meant that you and I had a lot of work to put in to do it. So we apologize to everyone that uh, audio came out a little bit late and everything was a little bit delayed. Took took a lot of effort to get that out to you, but we just want to make sure we get that in here (laughs) so everyone understands that. We're back on the normal schedule, boys. So the other thing that kind of happened to me last week, which is kind of really annoying is I keep getting this disallowed program number 10 error. And then Tarkov closes, you know, it's beta, right? So then I I looked it up, right? And people are saying it could be this, it could be this program, that program, but it's like the anti-cheat thing and I'm not running anything except Tarkov. And so I've had some people give me some suggestions, but if that's happened to you, if you've ever seen that error message, throw that in the Xfield discord and general chat, let's talk about that. I'd love to know if anyone else has had that problem, disallowed program number 10. And so it's, it's really interesting. It kicked me out of a raid in the middle of the week where I was playing cat and mouse with this guy in Shoreline and Resort, and I was having a blast, and then all of a sudden I get DC'd. And I, I get back in, and I get DC'd again. I get back in. The third time, the game client crashes with disallowed program number 10. I try five more times to connect to the raid, and I can't connect, and then I'm done. And, I, and of course, I was killed. And I'm not sure exactly what that's all about. I you know have plans to reach out to some friends kind of privately to see if they you know, had some more information about that. But that happened to me. Love to know if that happened to anybody else. Kind of a frustrating part of the beta process of testing software. But, you know, pretty much that was the week.
0: Yeah, I I haven't run into anything like that. I mean, my quick little research says a lot of people have problems with, you know, virtual machines and stuff like that. But it seems like it's all over the place. And, you know, BattleEye is updating all the time. And I know that they're presumably going aggressively at the cheating problem that was going on. So it they may have uh, knee jerked a little too hard in one direction and are getting some false positives on things that aren't necessarily uh, on there. So that's frustrating. That stinks, man. I haven't had like any major hard disconnects recently except for one like two weeks ago. And it was happening so frequently a couple months back that now if I disconnect from a raid, I'm like, oh, that stinks. It's not happening like every other raid or a couple times a night like it was. That's got to be frustrating to be back in that, that area. So I hope that gets fixed. It's happened a
1: couple of times, but it seems to be happening more since they did this last update that was a minor update that happened, you know, while you were in game, you could run this update. And so I'm not sure. I did the same research. I read about the virtual machine stuff, but I'm not running any of that on this computer. So I'm not sure. Interesting. Yep. All that being said, though, it only happened for really one day. And then the next day it was fine, so it could be Battle Eye. I don't know exactly how Battle Eye works. I mean, I know they're trying to catch cheaters and the whole anti-cheat thing, and so they are probably are going probably strong at that, I would guess, right? At this point, all games are.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know enough about Battle Eye to speak to it, other than I think they're just targeting processes that are known to be very aggressive, right. It, what I'm thinking back to is just a Reddit thread that I saw recently about somebody that was banned and they put all of this like inconsequential information in saying that they were wrongfully accused and then there was somebody who worked on anti-cheat or worked on BattleEye maybe. And It was just a huge thread on the Escape from Tarkov Reddit. So if you guys browse that, you probably know what I'm talking about. But they basically came back and said that Battle Eye is pretty good at only taking things that are very specific to a certain cheat and banning you for it. So the fact that you're getting kicked for it and you're not banned, like it, it may just be a glitch or who knows what, like that stuff happens all the time. But there's that weird thing with BattleEye that I think they're just looking for very specific things, whether it's loaded into the RAM or your computer's fishing for something or, or who knows what. I don't use that stuff, so it's hard for me to speak to it. But I, there's some people with great experience on it. And there's a great Escape from Tarkov Reddit post about this very subject and BattleEye that now I'm actually kind of more interested in it now that you're having something that's not related to cheating, but is... Flagging their system somehow. So now I'm a little more intrigued than I was before.
1: Yep. We'll put some research into it, see what we come up with, and maybe talk about it in a future show if it could help everybody out. So,
0: yeah. Well, let's, um, let's, let's, uh, let's talk about the wipe. You know, there's really two things, like we said, we wanted to talk about, and we've already talked a little bit about them, but we kind of want to talk about what we're doing in this time before the wipe, things we want to accomplish, things that are going on, and, again, like what we're really focusing on and go into some detail on that. And then we'll uh, we'll talk about basically what we're going to do when the wipe actually does happen. So, you know, you talked about some of the areas that you now like. Are there other areas that you are trying to learn right now or things that you're doing before the wipe happens? Yeah,
1: there's a couple other things. I'm shoring up locations for caches because one of the things that's going to be super important is looting early on looting is going to be huge right getting stuff Even that you're not going to worry about selling on the flea market because the flea market's going to be very different, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but very different. But early on, just selling to traders to build up that reputation with traders and, you know, start this whole process all over again. So I'm shoring up locations for caches. Shoreline's great because there's a ton of caches on the outside of the map. It's a lot of stuff you can hit kind of on your own. There's also caches on reserve. There's a couple other, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's caches on every map. I don't know all of them. But um, I've been shoring up cash locations that's definitely definitely one thing. And then beyond the PVP, which we've already kind of talked about because for me that's the area that I needed to practice to get kind of better at, get more acclimated to you know that kind of thing. beyond the PVP, I've been working on ironically enough sniping I've been working on, uh, bullet arc, those kinds of things, because it's really easy to play right now with good weapons, good ammo, expensive sights. But I've been working on trying to hit shots with like a Mosin with no scope at 100 yards, you know, just working on we're going to have what we're going to have. We're not going to have very good ammo. We're not going to have all the fancy stuff that we have now. So I've been kind of gradually working in like a raid of basically low-end gear to just say, okay, I'm going to have to be successful with this. And so kind of getting used to that, kind of more of a low-end loadout.
0: I keep hearing people talk about practicing with the low-end loadout or level one and level two traders and things like that. And I just am way too much of a hoarder. I have too many guns. I've tried and I just can't do it, man. I just am like, um, well, I got like 12 M4s and like 13 unbuilt HKs that... (laughs) I want to test out and mess around with, but I think that's actually a really good strategy because even though you may not win a lot of the fights or a bunch of the fights, so when you come up against a Chad right now or somebody who's a little bit more geared, putting yourself in the situation of understanding how the gun shoots, you know, when everybody's on a more equal footing as far as armor goes, or their armor won't absorb as much from the earlier rounds, it, that's actually probably a really good strategy, you know, and and you alluded to the fact that looting is going to change. And, and I think it's okay to talk about it right now, because it affects what we're doing now and what we're learning, as well as what we are going to do when the wipe happens. And the change that Uh, ronald was referring to is the found in raid requirement for the flea market so we don't know everything that's going to happen related to this but what nikita said is that two things are going to happen one if you run into a raid scoop up some loot and leave those items are not going to count as found as raid so if you go as a run through meaning you didn't get enough experience to be survived or whatever it is those won't be found in Raid, meaning you can't post those on the flea market. And furthermore, we don't know if it's going to be you can't flip items, right? If you buy something on the flea market, if you buy something from the traders, we don't know if you're going to be able to flip those onto the flea market. So it's a little bit up in the air, but at the very least, it's going to change pistol running and hatchet running somewhat. But furthermore, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to get items, maybe for your hideout progression or even make some money because If the trader's items are not found in raid, that kills a bunch of the strategies that we just talked about a few weeks ago for utilizing some of the higher level traders.
1: Yeah. I got to say a couple things specifically about this. The people right now, if you're one of the people in the camp that are complaining about hatchet runners or complaining about pistol runners that just go in and loot things, If you're complaining about that, but you're using the flea market to complete your tasks and complete your hideout and complete the game progression, you asked for this and be careful because they're going to give it to you now. And all of the complaining that you're doing about people hatchet running and then flipping things on the flea market, which you bought anyways to progress your game, you're now going to be in a situation where all of that's going to be gone. And this whole thing is going to be a be careful what you wish for. This wipe is going to be infinitely harder because of this particular change, I think. And what I mean by infinitely harder is it's going to take the average casual two-hour-a-week player so much longer to get through this stuff than it would have in the current system.
0: Well, and I've, I've actually thought a lot about this because my initial gut reaction to it was similar to yours. But I think the vast majority of barter items that get posted on the flea market are found in raid, maybe their pistol run or maybe their hatchet run, I don't know, but they're still going to show up there. I think what's going to be really interesting is that there's not going to be this like artificial influx of capital from flipping items from traders. That's the one that I have the most questions about. Like, is the weapons case trade still going to be there? They could completely change every trade for all we know and what's required. But if the traders had the same stuff as they did this wipe, We don't know if we're going to be able to flip stuff that way. And that made up a lot of the cases. There's also things like thick items case. You get one of those from a task. I don't think you can find those in raid because stuff that other players bring into a raid, even if they brought in a thick items case to fill up with loot, it doesn't matter. It's not found in raid. So you can keep it and use it, but you're not going to be able to sell it and make the money on that. So, you know, you get a slick armor off somebody, you get a Gen 4 high mobility kit. It's not found in raid. The availability, the supply is probably going to go down, but I think it's also going to keep the relative amount of currency exchanging down as well. So I don't know that buying items for tasks or hideout progression is really going to change that much. I think it's just going to be relative to the new economy. And I think what you're saying is that the economy is going to change radically And if you're used to doing it one way, it it is going to be different in this next wipe. It's just hard to say right now, but I don't know that it's going to be harder. I just think that people are going to have to find, you know, people that really like pistol running or really like hatchet running. I think they're going to have to find a way to get some experience before they leave, (laughs) right? Unless it's going to be those guys are going in and finding stuff that sells really well to the traders and they're going to leave stuff that's better on the flea market. So, I mean, it could radically change it. I just don't know. I don't know. You brought up some good points that kind of challenged the way I was thinking about it though.
1: The supply is going to be so much less. What well, what you said is I agree with everything you said, but there's one critical piece of that description, like that thought process that you just laid out. The supply is going to be 5% of what it is now. There's just not going to be the flood of stuff on the flea market like there is now that come from the hatchet runners, the pistol runners, the the loot runners.
0: Do you think there's that many right now? You think it's that big of a percent?
1: Oh yeah, I absolutely do. And I do now more than ever because I'm going to all the high value places in the maps now on purpose. So I'm going to the mark rooms and resort and in dorms. And what do I see? I see five to seven dead hatchet runners there every time. I, I think there's a lot of them. Why would they make this change if there wasn't, right? There's no reason to make this particular change Is a reaction to that play strategy that they feel is breaking the way that they want the game to be played. True. Otherwise, there's no reason to do this. I think what's going to happen is the people that were loud and wanted this change didn't think it through because the economy is going to change drastically because the supply of stuff that you can buy it doesn't matter. You may think that if there's no hatchet runners, everything will get cheaper. Well, that's fine, but you're going to have a lot less money. Because you're not going to be able to sell the things that you think you're going to be able to sell. It's going to have a, you know, it's basic economics. It's going to have a ripple effect all the way down the supply chain of stuff. Right. And I think that the people that are mad about hatchet runners are very short-sighted. Not that I'm saying that they're wrong, but I'm just saying that this change is going to be an interesting test of, okay, how much are you willing to say, yes, I'm gonna stick to my opinion that hatchet running is completely inappropriate, shouldn't be in the game, when your progression is gonna be stopped because you're not gonna be able to find that thing that you need for a long time. And no one's gonna be able to sell it to you because the game is designed not to sell it to you. Then I think that's gonna happen. I don't have an opinion either way. I actually don't mind this change because I'm not a hatchet runner. I I didn't really make money that way Uh, so it doesn't really bother me. And I've already been thinking about how I'm going to make money with the new structure anyway, so I don't have a strong opinion. I'm just saying that the people that do have this strong opinion, I don't think it's going to work out the way that they think it is.
0: Yeah, and I guess I kind of had a strong opinion about hatchet running and pistol running in that I didn't make money on shoreline and, and reserve, which are two of the really common pistol and hatchet running maps. But I still didn't like how easy it was personally. And so I do think that the market economics are going to be, I think they're going to be fun because I think it's going to be really interesting to see it. So you talk
1: about why you don't like this because you don't like how easy it is. And I'm trying to, trying to understand that a little bit more because from my perspective, I'm going to play uh, both sides of this, right? Because from my perspective, I don't think it's fair that it's easy for you to farm gear on factory. So why shouldn't it be easy for someone to do a hatchet run on reserve? Everybody finds things to do that are easy for them to find stuff, right? That's what the game's about. Go and kill somebody, find some stuff. And so I'd like to talk a little bit more about that. Like, Why does it seem like that's too easy to do and doesn't belong in the game? Like, Where does that opinion kind of come from?
0: I guess that's a great question. Um, I guess my opinion on it is that I don't find factory easy. I find it very challenging for me. And making money on factory is even more challenging because in order to be fully geared, you're wasting a lot of ammo generally. So the economics of factory require you to probably have a two or three to one kill death ratio to actually make money there. And so I, I've been able to achieve this, but it's not easy. I find it fun more than anything, right? And then maybe that's what we're going to boil this down to, but I find it fun. And then I've found a way to make money there. I guess what I don't like is that somebody can avoid all conflict, can run to an area. And it's really shoreline that I have a problem with. I actually don't even have a problem with it on reserve because reserve spawns are laid out so well, and they're still pretty close together that you're in a lot of danger on reserve if you're pistol and hatchet running. It's really shoreline that that kind of bothers me because you have such an advantage if you just straight sprint up there. And I guess what I don't like about it is that you can go in and potentially find a red labs card, a couple ledex, and basically have full loadouts for a long period of time by just going in and throwing that in your gamma container and, and you don't have any fear of not leaving with that loot. Like you go find a Red Labs card or a Ledx, and you don't have any fear of that. And that's right now though, right? That's going to change potentially with this found in raids. So the question you asked is my opinion as it stands now. And now my opinion has changed because I think People are going to be incentivized to fight. They're going to be incentivized to have to kill some scavs or at least take something in to get some extra experience because you're not going to be able to get that loot on the fleet market unless you survive the raid and get enough experience to not have it as a run through. But yeah, so that's that's kind of where it's the foundation of it. I haven't thought a whole lot about that, but I think it's the shoreline pistol and hatchet running that I don't like. That's the only place I really have a strong opinion about it.
1: So let's kind of break that thought down because I understand what you're saying and I'm not agreeing or disagreeing. I'm just going to break this down a little bit because I think there's an interesting point kind of in here that maybe we can have uh, some some fun exploring. If you do nothing but hatchet run on shoreline and pull out LedX's and sell them, right, for whatever the new price is going to be, you are not getting better at PvP. You are not getting better at gunplay. You're not getting better at even learning maps. All you're doing is running and pulling out an item and then probably getting shot. You're not completing tasks. You're not progressing reputation with traders. You're not doing anything but just getting money. And I can tell you as someone who had a lot of money but not a lot of PvP skill for a while, I don't think you have anything to worry about from somebody like that. Because as soon as they spend that money and go into a raid, they're brad and you are gonna own them. So it's 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 kind of one of those things where I don't think you should think of it as not being fair because there's really nothing unfair about it to you at all. Because whatever good comes from them going and getting the thing and selling it and then buying gear, most likely someone like you with your level of skill is going to take their stuff anyways. I just don't see it as that being that much of a threat to any particular gameplay style, just as much as I don't see aggressive Chad type players being a threat to any particular game style. It's just, it's a different way to play the game. And I think that not you Trigger specifically, but there is a group of Chads that are always broke. And I think those people got mad that there was a group of ra- hatchet runners that had a lot of money because they don't understand the economy, they're stuck W keys, and they're always broke. And I think that those loud group of chads made this into such an issue that they are going to regret making this an issue because those people are the ones that benefit from killing Brad and taking all their stuff. I think that's what we're going to see. That's my kind of soft prediction here for what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting, right? Because as you're talking through that, I'm trying to like, decipher where my opinion is rooted, right? And and I tend to go back to MMO roots when it comes to this game, because that's really most of what it is. And so like, I'm thinking like, well, it's kind of like, you know, if I didn't have the gear, I couldn't go into like end game raids in World of Warcraft, right? And, and there's, there's part of it where gear and loot value are kind of the end game right now. And, and that's sort of the problem that we discussed last week with Veritas, like in great detail. And that's kind of the issue for me is that you literally have a box that can't be touched by other players that allows you to put end game loot in and then go sell it without having to do any of the progression in pvp tasks area and again it, it really only exists on shoreline because it's it's just a, such an advantage to not have any of the weight and burdens and all that kind of stuff but i guess that's where it's rooted in for me is this idea of what endgame is and how you can just sort of skip the currency progression and again like we've talked about this so much it's like I, I don't care about hatchet runners or pistol runners i mostly just want the ability to have an end game i really would love to see an end game and I guess in my mind, the PVP or the guy that's looking to get better at fighting all the time, in my mind, it's going to a high tier loot location and it being like a dynamic loot. You don't know exactly where the good loot is. You kind of have to go find it and search multiple places and have PVP during that and then have a chance to go find and rummage through and get that really good thing and then get out. That sounds really endgame to me. I know that doesn't sound endgame to everybody. But the pvp in me looks at that as being the combination of the loot and the PVP, which I think is the progression. And you kind of said it where, you know, we've talked about this a number of different times on a number of different subjects, this sort of rat shad, sort of, you know, the struggle. It's why it's so funny and there's hilarious videos about it. But I, I just look at it and say what you said about people not getting better that's my concern for the person that gets really addicted to loot running. And if they have fun loot running, or if someone just wants to scav and never run their PMC and they have fun doing that, I don't care. That's fantastic. My concern is for the person who's not progressing because they get stuck in that. And then it affects my gameplay because I want to go PvP and then I just end up shooting a bunch of hatchet runners. So it it's partly ruining my fun. And again, I avoid Shoreline for that reason. I don't particularly enjoy shoreline so it's like yeah factory is the best for me i'm starting to enjoy labs like there's so many other options that's why like i look at this as a very minor issue and yeah, someone could corner me into saying like he hates pistol runners and and hatchet runners no i talk to people that pistol run like all day long they're great people they just enjoy it and they like the loot and they find it fun i just don't so it it's for me it's a minor issue And yeah, on one map, I don't like it. So (laughs) I don't know. That's sort of a soapbox. But at, at the end of the day, it's not a huge issue for me. But I am strongly opinionated on that one map.
1: And I think, you know, I can kind of wrap this up a little bit about this particular topic. There's kind of two things about this. I think you're absolutely correct. This comes down to people playing the game one way and other people playing the game a completely different way. And those two things being so different that there is one group there that is not very adaptable to anything but what they want to do. And we'll leave it at that. Yeah. The other thing about it is they could have solved this in a completely different way without ruining the economy. They could have made it so that everything that you put in your gamma or anything that you put in your secure container can't be sold on the flea market. It doesn't matter about this experience thing or whatever you could still hatch it run to your heart's content, but you can't you can't just run into shoreline and get shot in there. You have to get out or you have to you know you do have to do something. You can't just run in and put that LedX or that red card in your secure container. <laughs> and honestly, if they would have done that one change, everybody probably would have ended up in a better spot because I'm telling you right now. The changes that are going to be made to the flea market are going to drastically make this game very, very, very different.
0: I'm excited for that. <laughs> I really am. But I'm thinking about, oh my gosh, if they made the change you just talked about, the videos that would exist on Reddit and Twitch of people scrambling in a PVP scenario to just throw the LedX into their gamma because <laughs> they're like, I want to sell this so they don't gamma it. And then someone shoots at them and it's like, ah, you know, that would be hilarious. But I don't think it would be super fun to lose loot that way. But yeah, they they could they could have done it so many ways. They could have. Yeah. I mean, I think there's probably 10 good solutions for how they did it or removed hatchet running or changed it or protected the economy. Like every change is going to affect it some way. I think at the end of the day, this doesn't remove pistol running. It doesn't remove hatchet running. I think it makes the economy less apt to botting. If that's a problem that they're having, we don't really know. But if you train a bot to go loot and then just throw stuff in a gamma, it doesn't matter how often they die. You can just run that bot forever. So it makes it less prone to that. You can't buy and flip stuff, presumably. So it kind of removes that. So I think the economy is going to be truer. I think it's going to be a better representation of value. But I do think you're right. I think it is going to be radically different than what we've experienced this current wipe.
1: The economy is going to be a truer representation of scarcity, not of value. Yeah. Which is going to totally change Tarkov completely. Like I said 20 minutes ago, I'm personally not worried about this. I have been working on a strategy to get around this, and I think I've figured out a way to do that, and I'm going to try it, you know, for the first couple weeks of the wipe, and then we'll talk about it on the show. But my my point is that most of these people who got into Tarkov got used to the way that this works now. It's going to destroy their way that they're playing, and I think it has the potential to do more harm than good to the Tarkov player base at the end of the day, you know, all for just a vocal group of people complaining about hatchet runners.
0: Yeah, and I actually think that a market that represents scarcity better, which will in turn be the value of it over time, I think that's actually better for the game in the long run. Um, I think we'll still see similar ups and downs and waves depending on where we're at in the wipe, but I think the flea market should represent a scarcity value-based system, which right now it just does not. I think that'll ultimately be a good thing. I think it may change a lot of maps and how they're played and why, especially if they do the dynamic loot thing, which was alluded to, hasn't been talked about a whole lot. But if the set spawn locations for ledx's and red cards and all that go away and it's more dynamic, that combined with what they're doing right now, I think is a long-term good play, but it will have short-term craziness and probably some hurt feelings and people discovering how challenging it's going to be if they just go into the next wipe trying to play the same way they always have.
1: Well, what's going to end up happening is there's going to be a very, very large gap between the very top end of the player base and the middle of the player base. And so it's going to be luck of the draw when you're loading into a map. Are you going to be with one of the super chads who has gotten all of the best gear that is maybe 30 to 50 percent better than anything that you could even remotely get your hands on? In which case you have no chance, you know, or or not. And I don't think it's going to be good. I actually I mean, I kind of disagree with that. And that's OK. We have opposite opinions on this. I, I don't think it's going to be good. I think it's going to frustrate a lot of players. And I think a lot of people are going to quit at about maybe a month or two in, because there's going to be no access to that better gear, to that mid to high tier gear for casual players. It's just going to be almost impossible to get, and I don't think it's going to be good. It's going to turn Tarkov into a a niche Chad PvP game like all these other shooter games turn into. It's not going to be good.
0: I think the armor, you bring up a good point. You know, I think guns and ammo to an extent aren't going to be that big of a deal because I think there's good ammo choices throughout the entire game. There's obviously best in slot, but the difference between, you know, BT ammo and BS and seven and three nine, it's not that big. Like if you get an extra two shots on and you strategically outplay someone, you're going to put yourself in a scenario to win regardless. However, the armor discussion is one that most armor is purchased with Either very high-end item trades or it's just purchased by someone selling the armor and very little high-tier armor is found in Raid. So that piece in particular is very intriguing to me on what they do with it. I think personally that the trades need to be modified to either make high-tier armor extremely hard to get extremely high trade value so that it's like even the people that manage to be pushing content and aggressively pushing economy, they're not sitting on thick items cases full of slick armors. They have two, (laughs) you know, because even with a slick armor, you can get shot in the back and die. So I think they either need to get really rare or the trades need to be adjusted to this new find and raid thing. I still am optimistic that it will be a good thing, but I think adjustments need to be made. So if we find out that no adjustments are made to the current trades, the current armor trades, specifically armor is the one I have questions about, that could lead to some issue. Maybe it's they need to add more mid-tier armor, make it available earlier. I don't know, but you brought up a good point there that I hadn't really considered, you know, because guns and ammo, I don't think that's the issue. I think what it boils down to is armor. And we all know that armor... Is really good for taking a couple extra shots, but at the end of the day, like, if you're shooting first, a lot of times you'll win if you have at least decent ammo. Now you've got me wondering about the armor situation.
1: I just don't want to end up in a situation where you can't progress in the task system because you can't get good enough gear, and you can't progress in the experience system, in the raid system, because you're level 12, and you go into a raid and you die to the first people who push to level 30 and you just, you hit a wall, and it's not fun to lose nine out of ten times. And then you can't make money because you can't flip anything on the flea market, so you can't afford. And at some point, you're broke all the time with no mechanism to make money, and with no mechanism to really get better gear that you keep losing. So it may take you five scav runs to get enough gear to raid once, and then you lose. The game is punishing, but this change makes it unplayable for casual players. And that's my point. Like I'm talking about casual players and that's what I think if they're not careful, they're going to kill off in Tarkov. It's just my opinion.
0: Well, it's it's also though, if hardcore players, right? And I'm a hardcore casual, no question about it. That's kind of where I stand with the games I play. I usually have one or two games that I put all my time into. But as a hardcore casual, I focus on things that make casual players happy because the truth is, if the hardcore player base is the only one that has access to these high tier items and they're selling them found and raid on the flea market, well, if the casual player base can't earn enough money to afford them, that means the hardcore players aren't making money either, right? Because a lot of the rubles comes from the significantly larger portion of the player base that is a casual player. Right. Most games have, you know, one to five percent are hardcore. And, you know, then you got another five to 10% that are hardcore casuals. And then the rest is made up of casual player base. And Tarkov may be a little different than that, but it's probably somewhere in that, in that realm. And if you kill off the casual player base, the hardcore players are hardcore. They're PVPing in gear and economy, and they're not going to want to sell good armor to another hardcore player if it's really hard to get or really expensive. And if it's too expensive and you can't make money as a casual, the hardcore people's economy is affected negatively. So it is a very intricate balance. I think the really good thing about it is I think the state of the game right now is actually overall really good. So if this is an absolute dumpster fire, they can just go click and go right back to the way it was, which I don't think they'll need to do. I hope that they take a good look at this early on and, and they find the right solution for it.
1: Think about it like this. For every one hatchet runner that's selling a for a million and a half or whatever, two million rubles, you have 10 casual players that are scavenging for 100,000 rubles a, a round. And all of that is possible because those casual players that have a low skill level but are trying to get better because they like playing the game, all of that's possible because they can sell everything that they scav on on the flea market and there's a thriving economy, for them to have access to get incrementally better. And if you take away that access to get incrementally better, all in the name of satisfying the hardcore player who's mad at the small percentage of people who are hatchet running and making money in that way, I, I, just, I don't see how that's good for the player base. It doesn't make any sense to me to satisfy the loudest people in that way. And I've gone through this in other games too. It always ends up bad because the loudest people that complain about a niche item of gameplay like this don't usually represent the majority of opinion or understand it from a holistic perspective. They're looking at their particular tunnel vision of how this works. So I don't know. I could be totally wrong too. We'll see. Maybe it'll all work out just fine.
0: Well, just change it on Shoreline. (laughs) kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's take that conversation right. And we took a hard right turn into this. And I think it's a great discussion because, again, I'm optimistic. I think it's going to be a good change. I think it's going to be better than most people think. I hope that you're pleasantly surprised, but I also think that you make valid points towards being concerned. So I respect that. Let's talk about that, though, with what our strategy is going to be when the wipe happens. And maybe thinking about all this, is it changing as we're talking? I don't think mine is, you know, but I think when the wipe actually does happen, I'm actually torn between two things. And this isn't going to shock anybody, I don't think. I'm torn between grinding factory for experience, which will sacrifice trader reputation in the beginning and task progression in the beginning, but would allow me to farm up an arsenal of decent guns, right? I could probably stock up on Hunters, vepper Hunters, Mosins, uh, all the things that are very good in my mind, or very good early game items, ADARs, things like that, that I can use throughout the early and mid game. You know, I can probably get to level 20, honestly, really quick farming factory. And so I'm torn between that or just diving straight into tasks. And I'm not sure really which way I'm going to go.
1: Yeah, I am probably not going to dive into tasks right away. I'm probably going to take a little bit more of an approach of building up a somewhat steady flow of armor and guns and things like that from Scaving, perhaps from maybe doing small raids, maybe doing uh, one of my personal favorite runs, which we've talked about on previous podcasts, my shoreline route that avoids resort, but I make it out nine out of 10 times. And again, that kind of my previous comment about the casual player that makes 100,000 rubles around versus the person who always goes for the big score or bust kind of scenario. In the casual shoreline loot route that I do, which I've got a guide up in the XFIL discord, there's two scav guides, which have got arrows in the maps and kind of shows you how to get out. And those runs will net you 150,000 rubles to 200,000 rubles every time under the current system. Now, if you don't sell that stuff on the flea market, which you probably won't be able to, you sell it to a trader, you may net, two-thirds to a half of that. So it may net you 100,000 rubles at
0: a time, which is still enough. Which could be really valuable under this new system.
1: Right. Which is still enough to buy at the traders at level one. You can still buy guns and you can still buy level two armor, right? You can still, at least under the current system. So what I'm probably going to focus on doing is probably going to focus on the traders a lot and and doing uh, some some kind of loot runs, maybe for the first 20 raids, just to get a good base of stuff. And then I'm going to kind of decide like, you know, maybe we'll farm factory together, you know, and maybe we'll just push together to get a bunch of experience to unlock the flea market, just to kind of see what we're dealing with, because who knows what we're dealing with, right? I don't know, maybe we'll do a few tasks, but I want to establish like a good base of gear, I guess is kind of where I'm going to start.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of in the same mode where I think there's some value in, you know, being in factory early, maybe not right away. I may do it right away. I don't know. It just depends on feeling, right? I go through these phases where I want to grind tasks and there's other times where I just want to PvP and play. And so it'll just depend on what I'm feeling at the beginning of the wipe. But I think it'll probably end up being a combo for me, but I'm not going to shy away from factory. And actually, one of the things that I'm going to do next wipe, and I am spending some time before this wipe, is going into factory. So I just farmed my 16th labs key out of factory. So I filled a little bag full of uh, labs keys, and I'm going to farm labs before the wipe. One of my strategies is going to be to farm factory early to get a couple labs keys and go in with, you know, Vepper Hunter, or, you know, an AK or whatever, and try to go into labs and farm some raiders, and try to get a couple of really good gear sets, so that when I do get those tasks that are super challenging early game, like, uh, you know, the ones that everybody's going to be doing, like Golden Pocket Watch, and going into dorms, and no one's going to have, you know, big Chad Sherpas running them around. Everyone's going to be on a similar gear footing. So that's one of the strategies that may be a little different is that I'm going to try to get into labs as early as I can and see if I can't get in and farm some raiders early. And I'm going to do that by farming scabs on factory to get those access cards.
1: Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm really curious to see if they adjust the raiders or if the raiders, if you're going to be able to kill the raiders for one thing, depending on the gear that you have. You know, and, and the next thing is if they adjust the rate or difficulty based upon some overall average of what players are using, or if they just say, nope, this is endgame stuff. Good luck with it. If you can get it, you earned it. If you can't, well, then try something else.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they modify. I think this uh, fountain raid is probably bigger than potentially could be bigger than Battlestate realizes if they don't modify other systems. And I think that kind of became the theme of this episode, which I think is OK because I think it is a very impactful change. And I think there's a lot of sides to it. I think there's a big vocal minority. And I think they've been talking about it for years, right? We've come into it with a few months of experience. There's people that have been talking about it for years. And I think this game being in beta, I think even if it isn't good or is detrimental. I think that they've gained enough new players and bringing existing players back and their numbers are so far up that they could probably afford to lose people, which doesn't sound fun or right. But from a business perspective, they could probably lose some people and test some things out, which is really what this period is about. However, we all know that some testing really burns people out or causes them to leave, you know, things like resetting skills in the middle of a wipe. So we'll see how this thing goes. But it sounds like we're kind of on the same page for at least an overall thought process on what to do when the wipe happens. And I think you and I are both economy driven MMO players. And I think we both have our eyes set on what's going to happen on the economy because of fine and rate. We can speculate all day long, but I think we're both going to be very interested in how it plays out.
1: Yep, other MMOs have done this. If you're a wild player, you'll recognize the bind on equip or soul bound terminology. And it's used to control this kind of thing with items that you find. So I would say basically, it's okay whichever side of this you're on. And we're not saying that anyone's particularly wrong. Mike and I have our opinions. It's okay to be on either side of this. I think if you think that hatchet running, you know, is a problem or is not a problem, if you think that the flea market should be totally changed because everything's too expensive and, you know, whatever, uh, uh, that's okay. I think we're in beta. We're going to have a whole new game to play in a couple of weeks. This is going to be a major change. So, it's exciting in a lot of ways. And we'll kind of see what happens. I personally will still find a way to dominate the economy because that's what I <laughs> like to do. And I've already been thinking about it. So I'm looking forward to talking about that and sharing sharing those strategies after I try them out.
0: Can I tell you what my biggest fears is that the cases won't be able to be sold on the flea market. And I am such a case fanatic. Like I have five thick items cases and seven thick weapons cases. And so one of the things I've been doing, and this may sound so silly, but I've been like playing around with a new organization strategies that I may have to implement if I can't get cases. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. And it scares me. It terrifies me.
1: This game is literally, it's an inventory management game, right? I mean, that is an entire meta for this whole thing is how do you manage your stash space? And I think it's hilarious because... I don't, I only have maybe two or three cases at the most, and I don't really care. I just keep what I keep and sell. I sell everything else because for me, the fun part is manipulating the economy to get what I want, right? And so there's so many different ways to play. What I find fascinating is the people that have lots and lots of money have done hatchet running, right? Because they like doing that. And, you know, I never did hatchet running And I'm up over 30 million rubles, never having hatchet run ever, really. And so it's interesting to me that there are so many different ways to make money. And I realize the flea market change is going to be huge, but I do think there are going to be some strategies that work to make money. And so I'm kind of looking forward to testing out some theories that I have uh, post-wipe. So all that being said, it's going to be interesting. Playing Tarkov is not an exact science. (laughs) the game is so complicated. There are so many different ways to have fun, to play, to get to that end game. And we're going to try something totally different. And that's what wipes are for. So I think that's about all All I got with that one. You have any uh, final thoughts
0: for us, Trigger? No, I don't. I think um, neither of us really planned the <laughs> founded raid to be a main topic of this one. But I think uh, it's a big factor. It's a big change, even for us new first wipers. So veterans are obviously focused on this. And for us, it's a big change. So I think um, keep an eye on it. Make sure you're thinking about your play style, the way you like to play, and how find and raid only on the flea market is going to change that. Because if you're not thinking about that or you're not ready for it, it could be a real slap in the face in a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, but one of the best things about Having a podcast is chasing down those rabbit holes. And tonight was definitely a a good rabbit hole that we went pretty far down. I agree. But I do think it's an important topic because it's going to be on everyone's mind. And we'll have plenty of uh, of conversation time to talk about it in the XFIL Discord. So make sure you hop on over there and join the conversation. I would still am very interested. And if anyone has had this disallowed program number 10 error ever happen, So if that's happened, hop over in general chat. Let's talk about that this week or send me a DM. Be interesting to get some, you know, different perspectives on that. But I think that's pretty much it. We are seeing that green bar across the screen, which means that we are seconds away from disappearing. I'd like to thank everyone for their continued support of the show. Thank everyone for their continued support of the Discord in the Xfield community. You guys are all awesome. We definitely have enjoyed getting to know a number of you. and. It's just fun. We're looking forward to going to this new season of Tarkov with all of you. We're all going to get through this together, so it's going to be a good time. So if you could do us a favor, if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere else that there's podcasts. And I think we're now up over to 100 million places where there's actual podcasts. If you could give us a review on all of those different platforms, that'd be fantastic. It really helps the show get spread out to a new audience, just brings more cool people into our community, and that is awesome. Also, if you can check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash XP like Trigger said in the beginning in the hideout keeping, if you could pull up the show for that second listen, throw it on your second monitor and listen to the show on YouTube. That really helps the algorithm on YouTube spread the show out and we are reaching an entirely different audience on YouTube, which is really kind of cool because. We're getting the audio content audience. The YouTube audience is bringing a very diverse group of people together in the Xville community. And I think it just makes everything more fun and just makes all of the gameplay that much more interesting. So that's pretty much it. We're really getting close to disappearing right now. So have a great week, everybody. And remember to have fun before the wipe. And if you wipe with one ruble, that is a wasted ruble. So spend all your money before the wipe. Don't do it too early, otherwise you'll be scabbing. Be a
0: brat if you have to. <laughs> be a brat if you
1: have to, and remember to scab often. See you guys. See ya.